Welcome to Women Inseparable with author and speaker Jacqueline Palmer. This season is a study of Colossians. Read it, study it, and live it. Here's Jacqueline. We are ready to start week one of Steady It. Are we ready? How was um, the first four weeks of just reading? Did you do well just reading? Did you have to limit yourself every once in a while and like slap your hand? Don't study. I did. It's hard. It's hard just to sit and just do the simple. But we did four weeks of reading Colossians. Today is week one of four weeks of studying Colossians. So this is what we're going to do starting now. So we made a commitment to do four weeks. And I'm going to ask you again, will you commit to another four weeks? This is the request. We're going to do Colossians 1 today, Colossians 2, Colossians 3, Colossians 4. Deal? So we're going to start all over in Colossians. This time we're going to study it. I handed out today a question guide. A few of you girls will recognize this question guide. Um, We did a summer connection this summer right here in the fireside room with Eagle Christian Church. And we did this question guide. So if you were part of our summer program, these questions will be familiar to you. But they're so personal and so individual. We're not doing a steady book. A lot of times when you go to women's Bible studies, you get a book and the book directs where your study goes. The goal of this study, this 12 week journey that we're doing on Colossians is to not do what somebody else has written for you for the knowledge that they want you to attain. This is individual between you and God. No rules, no expectations, no guidelines, no, no anything you and God. So these are very open-faced questions. They are not required questions. If there's a question on this list and you're like, I don't like that question, awesome, perfect. You're right where you should be. You can sharpie it out for all I care. There might be a question that you love that is constantly swarming in your head. That's where you sit. This is your journey with you and God. Let this study be about nobody else. Be selfish with the study. Study Colossians by reading Colossians deeper, by asking questions. There's power in asking questions. Every three-year-old out there knows this. It's <laughs> the so last time you hung out with a three-year-old. It's a draining day. My three-year-old is now 15. His questions have changed just a little bit. He's now looking at cars. Uh-oh. Uh, so that's where I am. That's my world. His questions aren't as intense as a three-year-old's, but sometimes they frequent. You know how a three-year-old will ask the same question 22 times in a row? I'm learning that 15-year-olds do this too. <laughs> Have you learned this already? And you're like, oh, you're cute, dear. I've already been there, done that. I've also learned in my prayer time I'm a three-year-old. Have you noticed this with yourself? Same exact prayers over and over and over with God. And then you get up from your knees from your prayer closet and the same questions are going through your head. And God's like, I got it. I got it. It's okay. And you're like, but, but can I? And we're, we're three. We're 15. We're begging for cars all over again. <laughs> it's wonderful. This is your question guide. Use your question guide. For our girls that are watching via video, we'll get the PDF 
uh, to you ask your um, team leader that way. We also have the name list available. If you did not get a copy of our name list, it's on the table. Feel free to grab that. This is based on Colossians 4. It's a reading list. Very intense. Did you do the reading list? Mm -hmm. Did you find your person? Did you relate to somebody or learn something new about a name that you never knew? It's interesting when you read scripture to get the answer to scripture. Isn't that cool? You know, like I didn't even need a commentary. All I did was read the Bible and I learned what the Bible was saying. Welcome to studying the word of God without having somebody point you to where you need to go. Other than the Holy Spirit. Let's start. You ready? Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you so much. We thank you for the four-week um, timing that you gave to us just to sit and read the Word of God, to sit with a letter that was penned oh so long ago that's so relevant for our hearts, for our ears, for our minds, for our souls, um, even today. We thank you for that time of rest in the Word of God. We thank you for the comfort that comes from resting in the Word of God. We thank you for the strength that comes as we stand firm on the faith that we learn through the written Word of God. We pray right now that um, you will get us ready for a four-week journey to study this precious book. Help us to um, be open to what the Holy Spirit lays on our hearts, not on the person next to us, not on the person in front of us that we are modeling our lives after, or the person that we used to be, or somebody that we compare ourselves to that will just be where we are as we are right now in our steady time with you. I pray this question guide, as simple as it is, will be something that will just open our hearts, open our eyes to a whole new way of reading the Word of God so that it takes us deeper to where you want us to go. And I pray that you'll help us to just root ourselves in your Word. I pray for those of us that are home, and that are healing, that are not feeling well, I pray healing upon them right now, Lord. I pray that you'll be with our caregiver. I pray that you give extra grace, extra love, extra kindness to the caregiver of those that are feeling unwell right now. And I pray for our people that are unsaved, that don't know Jesus as their Savior. I pray right now, Lord God, that you will whisper their name upon their heart, that you will call them to your love just as you called us to your love. And I pray salvation upon our person today. I pray that you'll be with every girl that is listening to this. I pray that you'll be with the prayers on our heart. And I pray that you will answer um, according to your will. And I pray that you'll make it known, make your presence known in that situation right now. We pray all these things in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Colossians 1. We are going to ask questions. The first three questions on our question guide are kind of um, more reminders <coughs> for yourself. I hate to use the word checklist, but they're good reminders for ourselves. Before we dig into what scripture is saying, and the first three questions are, did I read this passage out loud? Something is different. When you read something quietly in your heart, it's good. But when your ears hear what your head is seeing, you, you see a little bit more. So a little challenge, if you have not read scripture aloud, to yourself or you got a child in the room, got a spouse in the room, got a human in the room, and you're like, hey, I got to read this out loud. You want to sit with me? Read scripture out loud and then write it, write out the verse. 
I was given a guideline in some course, I have no idea what course it was. I went to Bible college for a couple of years. And one of my instructors asked us all to grab a passage, whatever passage it was, and whatever length it was, and to write out that passage. And at every comma or every punctuation mark to go down to the next line. So that was our challenge. So we did that. I couldn't tell you what passage I picked, but I remember doing that, and that changed how I read the scripture from that point on. Every comma, you write it, comma, next line. And it breaks it up and you get to see exactly what is being said. It, it separates it a little bit more so you can see it a little bit clearer. It was fascinating. Try that. So as you read Colossians 1 this week, as you go into a study of Colossians 1 this week, and one verse, you've got questions. And you don't know what the answers are. And you're looking for those answers. Get that verse and write that verse down and sit with it. Little little challenge for you. You may find yourself writing the entire chapter. It's a beautiful exercise. The third one is, did I pray over this passage? Something I don't do well when I have to share my personal time with God. One of our girls on our team, her name's Marcy, she asks me the most intimate questions and she makes me answer them because her eyes are like this big and she's like, what do you do when you're on your knees in prayer? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't want to answer that. That's so like personal. That's, that's my time with God, but she'll just stare at me. And if you know Marcy, you know those eyeballs. She just looks at you like, tell me what's in your soul. Because she wants to know, so her heart is so grand. She's asked me multiple questions about my prayer time and my, my Bible time, and it's very hard for me to say. But I will say this, something powerful happens when you open up a passage and you open it, literally open it, and get on your knees, and you bow before the open Word of God and you ask God to reveal to you what the Scripture is saying. Try that. And you may sit there for one minute and pray, God, I don't understand Colossians 1. I'm really struggling with verse 14. I know there's something you want me to do, there's something you want me to say about 14. I don't know what that is. Please go before me. And you sit in silence. There could be times where you sit over a passage, um, like 1 Corinthians 4, let's just throw that one out there. <laughs> and you lay that and you find yourself an hour later in tears over this passage on your knees before an open passage, knowing that the Holy Spirit wrote this and has called you to pray over this, don't you think he's gonna give you the answers that you're looking for? Lay scripture before the king. Try that. So before you go into your questions, those are my three exhortations for you. Read it out loud, write it down, and pray over it. With that said, look over your questions before you go into your reading. Have you ever done a comprehension class or taught a reading and comprehension class? And you've got those students that really struggle with reading. And so you give them the little tip, the little trick. Look at the question first and then read your context. So you have what your eyes are trying to find in your head and then you read. Because sometimes we'll read and we read so much information and then we're like, oh, here's the question. What did Bob say to John? And you're like, who's Bob? <laughs> right? So if you're thinking ahead of time, what did Bob say to John? Clearly, I taught little children. 
what did what did Bob say to John? You've got that already planted in your thoughts. You've got the question literally sitting in front of you, so you remember what you're looking at, what you're looking for, and then you read the context. And when you're reading the context, you're looking for Bob, you're looking for John, and you're looking for parentheses or quotation marks. Your eye is trained. It knows what it's looking for. It's not just reading. What would happen if we applied that to Scripture? Know your question. So look over this question guide and see what question, oh, I like that question. Perhaps you have a question that has nothing to do with the question guide. But this is what I'm really looking for. Write that question down. Have it literally written in front of you. Open up the Word of God and with that question on your head, on your heart, in front of your eyes, you find your answer. Sound good? Steady. And you're like, but what if I'm asking the wrong question? You're not. If that question is on your mind, that's the question God wants you to look for. If that question is circling in your heart when you wake up, when you go to bed, when it's carrying through you all day long, that right there is what the Lord wants to talk to you about. That's what He wants to sit with you about. Do that. Matthew 7, 7 is a verse I pray that goes with us during these next four weeks. Matthew 7, 7 is found toward the ending of Jesus's message in Matthew 5, 6, and 7. If you want to do bonus reading, if you want to practice your question guide on another passage, dig into Matthew 5, 6, and 7. You will be blessed. But Matthew 7, after talking about prayer and after talking about fasting, after talking about living, after talking about not being anxious about things, after it's telling you not to worry about others, don't judge others. He comes right back to you. He says, pray. He says, fast. He says, live. He says, trust me. Don't worry about other people. And then he says, ask me. Ask me. And then he says, seek me. And then he says, knock. Mm -hmm. That's my goal for these next four weeks, that today we focus on asking questions and sit in the promise that God says, if you ask I'll give it to you. What are you asking? What's on your question guide? What's on your question list? What's on your heart? What's on your mind? Ask, and it'll be given unto you. Trust the promise of your Jesus. Sound good? Let's read scripture. Colossians 1. Ask those questions. Paul, that makes it easy. <laughs> Paul, an apostle of Christ Jesus by the will of God, and Timothy, our brother, to the saints and faithful brothers in Christ at Colossae. There's a lot of questions we could be asking, but Paul graciously gives a lot of answers during those two verses. He finishes his greeting by saying grace, grace to you and peace from God our Father. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Since we heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and of the love that you have for all the saints, because of the hope laid up for you in heaven, of this you have heard before in the word of the truth, the gospel, which has come to you as indeed it has come to the whole world and it is bearing fruit and increasing, just as it always does among you, since the day you heard it and understood the grace of God and truth. Just as you learned it from Epaphras, our beloved fellow servant, he is a faithful minister of Christ on your behalf and has made to us, made known to us, your love in the Spirit. I wonder after spending one month 
of reading Colossians 1 and Colossians 2 and Colossians 3 and Colossians 4, when we go back to Colossians 1, do you hear any other chapters of Colossians as you read this first few verses? I wonder if you see how Paul set up what he's about to say through his exhortation at the beginning of his letter. Fun little bonus challenge. Look and see, read through three all the way down to 14 and see if you can find some of chapter two, chapter three, chapter four that he hints toward in his prayer, that he hints toward in his exhortation. He says in verse three, and this verse is very, very special to me, partly because my memory of this verse. Have you ever had a verse that you love so much because it reminds you of something just so sweet? This verse takes me way back to like the month of July. So this is not something that has rooted in my life since I was two, but something since July when we were first coming up to the idea of doing Colossians and doing the study of reading it, of studying it, of living it. And Dandy and I, Dandy is my, what word do I use? My right hand, my brain, my, Dandy does everything <laughs> for my head. It's wonderful. She's like, maybe we should do, oh yeah, great idea. She, this is Dandy, Dandy does everything. We were pretty much unborn at the same time and I swear we were split at birth. This is Dandy and me. We were on the phone, we were FaceTiming. Yeah, we were FaceTiming in July talking about Colossians. And we focused on, for whatever reason, verse three. It was part of our context. And we read over verse three and I pointed out how many questions there was in this. And she said, if we can all read one verse with that many questions, we would change the world. Mm. That one sat with me. Like what would happen if we as readers of scripture, as students of the scripture, went through verse by verse and read with such questions and deepened our knowledge uh, within us and God, how much would that change you? And the more you get changed, imagine those people around you. It goes to what Paul is saying in verse six, which has come to you as indeed in the whole world, it's bearing fruit and it's increasing. And he says that sentence right in the middle of using the word heard over and over and over and over. There's a lot of hearing going on, a lot of hearing. It's finding those repetition words. And there's a lot of hearing. People are listening to each other. How powerful is listening? When your little child comes up and grabs your cheeks and says to you, you're not listening to me and their hands are this big and you feel this big. <laughs> I'm not the only one. That's good to know. Jesus is doing that with us. Are you listening to me? Do you hear? Do you hear? Are you hearing? Are you hearing? This church was known for its hearing. What a compliment. He says, Paul says, sitting next to Timothy, he writes, we, we always thank God. Four little words and so many questions that we could be asking. Pronouns lead us to questions always. Who's we? We know the author, Paul, he's already claimed his apostleship and he, we know that he's sitting with Timothy. And then he uses the word always, which makes us sit. Every counselor out there tells us, never say always, never say never, right? We heard that, we've said that. Never say always, never say never. Why? Because when we say always, we're putting stipulations on people, right? We're putting a weight on another human being that they can't hold up to. We put a stipulation 
on a human being that's not true. Always, really, never, really. But do you remember that one time? I was good once. Don't, don't say always and never. However, when you read through the Gospels and you listen to the very words of Jesus Christ, and when you read through the letters of the apostles, and you read what they say about Jesus Christ, and you read through their prayers, through the letters, you will always see the word always, always about Jesus Christ. You can put as much weight as you can think of on the shoulders of Jesus Christ, and he will not alter. He will not change. He is always who he says he is. And he will never leave you. And he will never forsake you. He always is always. And we look at this and Paul knows that. And he says, we always, as if he's a follower of Jesus Christ himself in his prayer. Always. And what does he do? He thanks. He thanks God. How do you feel when somebody says, I thank God for you today? It's very cool when somebody comes up and says, thank you for washing the dishes. <laughs> because we hear that one every day. <laughs> that was my joke. But when somebody comes up and says, thank you for, it makes us feel good. But when somebody comes up and says, I thanked God for you today. It's like a whole different feeling, isn't it? it? The smiles that came across the room when I even said the idea of that happening was precious. It's not just like, a, oh, that makes me feel good. It's a, wow, wow. Like you went to God and said, thank you for Jane. That's amazing. This is what Paul is saying to this whole body of believers. We always thank God. And then he puts emphasis on who God is. Isn't it easy to talk about God? You can talk to really anybody and people are very open to talk about God. And because God is so, um, the word God is vast, isn't it? Every religion knows God. A lot of people know God. So it's easy to talk about God. There are people that will talk about God that will not speak the name of Jesus Christ. People are getting unsettled with Jesus. Oh, God is one thing. Yeah, God. Oh, Jesus, you're throwing out the name Jesus, and it gets a little bit more intense. It becomes more personal because that's where the relationship comes through, right? You only get to God through the name, the life, the death, the resurrection of our Lord Jesus Christ. The smile is always there. Paul is saying to this church, we always thank God and not just God religiously, but God, the father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And there's rest, instant comfort washes over us because just in those words where you remember who he is, where we remember who one another are connected together and we remember why Jesus so much power and so many little words. And then he says this, he says, we always thank God. When are you always thanking God? He says, when we pray for you. Every time I pray for you, I thank God for you every time. You're praying for me? And he told God, thank you for me? How much are you wrapped up right now in the very hand of God? And I wonder how many of us thought of this verse in Colossians that says we are hidden in God. 
how powerful it is when somebody says, I thank God for you and I'm praying for you and that quick you feel the reality of being hidden in God, held in his hands because somebody is thanking God for me and somebody is praying for me. This is how the church is feeling. This is what they're hearing. And this is what you're hearing because this is your truth. We always thank God. The Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you, this you is plural. It's plural. If you read Philemon, which we talked about a little bit last week, Philemon, the you's are very singular. Only twice in Philemon are they plural. That letter was written specifically from Paul to Philemon, very specifically. This letter is written to the believers. It tells us that in verse 2. It's, co it's collective. It's universal. It's you. It's me. There's prayer going on. And if you want to know who's praying for you and thanking God for you every day, I can test, I can give you human names off the bat. I can testify the leadership of Women Inseparable. Pray by name the women that are part of it, Women Inseparable. It's a beautiful thing that we get to do. But even so much more beautiful than that, John 17, write that passage right next to that verse. John 17, your Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, is praying for you. You're having a tough day. You need to be reminded of who is praying for you. Nobody's praying for me, ever, never. <laughs> Jesus is always praying for you, John 17. We could reread through verse um, four through eight that we had just read, but I encourage you to go through and ask simple questions. Every pronoun, every verb, every noun, go through and ask questions. See the placement of each word. And then look at the word heard over and over. Who is hearing? Who is talking? What are they saying? And to have that level of hearing when somebody is talking to us, we live in a day where it's hard to listen sometimes because there's so much going on in our brains, isn't it? Mm -hmm. So much going on in our brains. So somebody we love is coming up to us and talking to us and we're hearing with about 55%. Mm -hmm. And I don't have a statistic behind that. I just threw out a number. But for my life, I feel like I'm listening at 55%. You could be doing a whole lot better than me. Congratulations. Teach me your ways. I always know my best friend, um, Kate, she lives in France now. They're medical missionaries. She told me years ago, we had two-year-olds running around and she and I are talking. And she told me, we were friends for just a, maybe two years because we met when we were pregnant. She says to me, she's like, I always know when you're not listening to me. You always say, uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> Oops. So I go home and I ask my husband, can you believe what Kate said? Kate said this about me. And he goes, oh yeah, she's spot on. <laughs> Ouch. That's true. It is. It is true. Uh -huh. we, can, we, we see this and we think we're listening, but we're really not hearing what's being said. And it's easy to tune out when the car conversations are dragging on and sports conversations are dragging on or fill in the blank conversations are going on and we're smiling and nodding and sometimes it's okay. If your spouse is like mine, your children are like mine, they don't really need you to pay attention to every word about the engine. They just need to know that you're there. 
my husband always knows, tell me. I tell my husband, tell me when I need to listen. <laughs> I love that. I gotta use that. Because <laughs> sometimes I don't, and even like I'm like this with my husband too, I'll tell him things and I don't need him to hear every word I'm saying. I just need to get things out. I need, just need to babble for a minute. So I don't need his listening. But then there are times where you need a feedback, you need conversation. This is what's happening here is conversation is happening. People are hearing from all different aspects and growth is happening. We see that in chapter two. We'll see that next week. Growth happens when conversations take place. It's a beautiful thing. Verse nine, it goes on. It says, and so Paul is still talking, still exhorting. He says, and so from the day we heard, it makes us ask who told them and the previous verse tells us it was Epaphras, their pastor, their spiritual leader. And so from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you. There's more hearing going on, hearing between individual hearts, Paul's heart, Timothy's heart, and the heart of God is going on. Conversation that happens between two people can continue and root and build and establish other people through prayer. And we could talk and build up one another and in our encouragement from our personal conversations, you can go your way and have a conversation with somebody else and fruit spills out over that conversation. And I can come over here and have a conversation with somebody and fruit can come out of that conversation. And just through hearing each other's hearts, the word of God gets spread. And you're like, but that's not an official Bible study. <laughs> We're not sitting around a round table and having discussions from page number 23, section A. <laughs> Imagine that. Imagine if a group of four girlfriends sits in a back patio and a Bible isn't even open because you just happen to meet up one day and there's four girls sitting back there and talking. And in conversation and girl time, somebody says, I read in scripture today that Jesus said this, do you know where that is? And somebody else says, I remember that. I think that's in Mark. And somebody there will always have a phone and there's always one person that's friends with Siri. <laughs> <laughs> I love how people own up to that. That's me. I know Siri. She's my best friend. We do coffee together. We go shopping. <laughs> there's always going to be that person that'll say, hold on. Siri, where does Jesus say? And Siri will point you to scripture. And just in conversation, just in hearing one another's words, you're having a Bible study. It's conversation. We grow in conversation as girls. Isn't that cool? It doesn't have to be on a Wednesday morning at 10 a.m. or Thursday morning at 10 a.m. or Tuesday night at set. It doesn't have to be at a set time. It could be I'm with a friend. And in conversation, I'm hearing her, she's hearing me, and we're having the most beautiful conversational Bible study I've ever had. And growth happens. This is what Paul is thanking this church for being known for. Do you imagine if that's what we're known for? That's neat. And I know I'm not the only one excited about this thought because the smiles in this room are precious. I'm not the only one thrilled at the idea that it's that easy. Jesus is always there, always. <clears throat> 
Paul says in 9, once again, he, say, he says, And so, from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you, asking that you may be filled with the knowledge of his will and all spiritual wisdom and understanding, so as to walk in a manner worthy of the Lord, fully pleasing to him. I love that word, fully. You'll find variants of the word fully as you read through this chapter and the next chapter and how Jesus Christ is the fullness of God and how that you as a receiver of Jesus Christ are filled with the fullness of Jesus Christ. Sit with the word fully. And you're like, but it's just a word. There's depth in this word. Paul is praying that they are fully fully pleasing to him, bearing fruit. And there we are again, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. How do you increase in the knowledge of God? If not by hearing, you see how many references there are to the ears and how just what we hear in our ears, it affects our heart and it affects our minds and it affects our bodies and we grow and it happens. And it's not because we tried really hard. We just heard. And it makes it easy. All the rules are gone. Something we kind of catchphrase here at Women Inseparable. We're always like, no rules. This is why. We don't want to put rules before Jesus Christ. We don't want to put rules that limit the Holy Spirit in us. Because what you need to study is going to be different than what I need to study. Because we're in different seasons. We're in different lives. We're in different days. And the Holy Spirit is saying, I want you to know what I want you to know. Be full. Be full in all wisdom, be full in all knowledge, be full in the fullness of Jesus Christ that is the very fullness of God. What a powerful truth. I'm going to finish reading this passage and then we'll close in prayer. Verse 11, it says, Being strengthened with all, prayer, all power according to his glorious might. Remember, this is a prayer, and I pray that this prayer washes over you for all endurance and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you to share in the inheritance of the saints in light. You've been qualified. He has delivered us from the domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son. There is a fullness right there. Verse 14, he closes this prayer, this thanksgiving with these words. In whom, that's Jesus, we have redemption. We have the forgiveness of sins. Amen. Do you see the purity that is washed over you? I pray that you do. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, Colossians 1 is laid before you as we just simply read it with questions that are circling on our hearts, circling in our minds to dig in deeper than what the words are saying, but what the truth is proclaiming. I pray right now that you will speak, that your Holy Spirit will go before and that we will hear what is being said to us as an individual daughter of the King. Strengthen us in your strength. Grow us in your wisdom. Teach us your understanding. I pray that we will grow in the learning that you have for us. 
deepen us, root us, and establish us in our individual faith in you, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank you for all the many blessings that you pour upon us every day. In the name of Jesus Christ, we thank you and we praise you. Amen. Thank you for joining us today. You can find us on Telegram at WI Online. If you need prayer, contact us at womeninseparable at gmail.com.